Hello and welcome to Dear Percival, the podcast showcasing the character Danny Savarino and his search for his missing parents. He writes a diary called Dear Percival. Indeed he does. Danny Savarino is one of the fantastic new characters in one well, new characters in a new novel but by the author and poet Mr. DJ's Wales People of Bloomsbury it's available on Amazon right now as an ebook and very 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 soon it will be available as a paperback so you have your choice have both why not so this is episode 9 of Dear Percival and it is called The Doggerland Republic Let's make a start, shall we? At 8.45am, incense smouldered and open windows cleansed away the accumulated night airs in the druid eye. Jemima, the manipulative ghost, called to Danny Severino from the basement, empowered by the sales assistant's latest dashed hopes around a possible sighting of his parents in an obscure location off England's coast. Thankfully, she did not send forth a malodorous cloud... I know you're there, you poor boy. Come down and let me out, she called. I promise I'll tell you where they are. Hello? The only person who can truly tell me if my parents are even still alive is Josie, thought Danny, trying to picture the face of the rarely seen enigmatic Bloomsbury seer. I need a simple yes or no answer. Josie was so elusive known more through rumour and historical anecdotes than reality. You're lucky, said Mr Bootle, on the occasion he heard that Danny had cited what people said was Josie. You saw her twice in the co-op supermarket on Store Street, just before closing time. Yes, I remember, replied Danny. Both times I'd run out of cling film. After joining the line, I saw a strange, shapeless object hunched by the counter. When it moved, I realised it was a person. Wrapped up in more clothing layers than a sweet Vidalia onion, all red. And the face was utterly concealed by multiple woolen scarves. If it was her, she knits them herself, sells them online, I suspect. Did you see her eyes? Remarkably clear and alternating between green and blue? No, she had cheap sunglasses on, huge things shaped like plastic palm trees. But people pointed and whispered that it was her. People? Mrs Hargreaves and Irina from Lips of London. She's been trying to get an ingredient stub and an appointment with Josie for the last two years. She needs to know whether or not to paint her bedroom maroon. She fears it might be a bit too dark. Well, it might be. She needs to maximise the sense of light. What did this swaddled, cardinal-coloured lady buy? Asked Mr Boodle suspiciously, yet smirking like he had asked the Trump question. A family-sized box of Jaffa cakes and a bottle of Smirnoff vodka. Yes, said Mr Bootle. Definitely Josie. Uncharacteristically, he slammed his hand down on his desk like he'd just won a poker. A small chandelier tinkled over his head as he explained, those are her preferred snacks for movie nights. She only watches three films over and over, Swiss Family Robinson, Casablanca and Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Danny ignored Jemima and leaned down to retrieve the score of crumpled sheets he had just torn from his diary during a moment of despair. The damaged diary lay strewn open by the cash register next to his phone, which still displayed a text message from Her Majesty's Coast Guard. 
We regret to inform you that no trace of your parents, Franco and Eliza Severino, was found at the platforms of the former self-styled Republic of Doggerland, aside from the empty packaging of a Fortnum and Mason lemon drizzle cake. Danny had informed the authorities about his mother's lemon drizzle cake obsession, but they insisted it was merely coincidental. Everyone likes lemon drizzle cake, droned a disinterested lady on the Coast Guard switchboard, foolishly brushing the detail aside. It's it's not just a like with mum, Danny said. You have to understand, this is an obsession bordering on the pathological. This could be the best way of finding her. Are you suggesting we set cake traps in strategic locations? Asked the woman as Danny groaned at her sarcasm. It was only after he hung up that he realised that a cake trap was probably the best way of catching anyone, fugitive or missing mother. Below the text, the Coast Guard had attached pictures of some rusted metal constructions perilously cobbled together on degraded 50-foot-high stilts. Danny sought more images online and saw a thin and terrifying ladder reach down and disappear into the steely sea. The platforms had been built as World War II coastal defences, Their subtle grey and pastel-coloured paint had since leached into spectacular rusts of red and orange. Doggerland was once home to the world's tiniest artificial nation, formerly financially viable only by selling fishing rights to the world's grandest migratory tuna. The tuna migration ceased when their prey, Earth's largest herring shoals, disappeared. Faded vintage photographs in Scarborough hotels are now testament of the monstrous tuna, said an article in the Worcester News Online, each of which would be worth several million dollars in today's Tokyo Tsukuji fish market. The remnants of the Republic of Doggerland self-sufficient society now appear like something out of Kevin Costner's dystopian worth movie Waterworld, said a cable television psychic called Alley Cat who spoke with an aggressively theatrical lisp and peered out of the world from coke-bottled glasses. Or a creepy marine version of Mad Max, consisting of disillusioned hippies, aged sailors, hypocritical eco-warriors, and opportunistic Aussie backpackers. Witchy, the ragtag inhabitants, seed the surrounding waters with tins of oily sardines swearing that it will lure the great tuna back north. Trust me, you don't want to smell their fingers. Danny watched Ali's entire interview, hearing how Doggerland t-shirts, mugs, bottle openers and even passports could be purchased on eBay. Ali's voice had hushed when he spoke of a terrible smear, a psychic energy residue left behind when the initial hopes of collective free love and nightly fish suppers had imploded amidst Fights about marijuana plants, collapsing hammocks and a maddlingly weak television signal, a foreshadowing of the chaos to come over weak Wi-Fi. Danny thought back to two months previously when the Coast Guard had first contacted him. A passing schooner had spotted a small yacht moored below the most outlying platform of the Doggerland Republic, which now shelters residents romanticising themselves as a free pirate society independent of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. The schooner's captain had snapped pictures of two people as they climbed up a thin, rusted ladder before they strung out some fishing line and limbo danced before a rowdy audience. 
Danny had seen the pictures online, swearing, I'm sure that's mum. She has a really rubbery spine. She can almost touch the floor with the back of her head. And that is the end of part one of the Doggerland Republic. We shall return with part two very, very soon. This has been episode nine of Dear Percival, podcast showcasing Danny Severino, a marvellous character from The People of Bloomsbury, the new novel by author and poet DJ Swales. I am Kevin Green, reading it for you. Please join us again, dear listener. And we'll be back very soon with episode 10. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. (laughs) 